0: Figure it out. Creation, lift up your voice, make straight the highway, path for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Call back the sinner, wake up the saint, let every nation shout of your fame. Jesus is coming. Soon, like a bride waiting for her groom, we'll be the church ready for you. Not longing for our King, we sing even so. Come. been so calm. Jesus come there will be justice all will be new faith forever faithful for and true Jesus is coming soon like brown Waiting for her groom, will be the church ready for you, every heart, even so calm, Jesus come, even so come, Lord Jesus. The church ready for you, every heart longing for our King we sing, even so come, Jesus has come, and even so calm, for oh, Jesus come. I saw the light. Yeah, all right, you want do, that? It, do it, do it. <laughs> G, just easy. I wandered so aimless, life full of sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Just like that blind man I wandered alone Worries of fear A claim for my own Then, like that blind man God gave back his sight Praise the Lord I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light No more darkness No more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I was a fool to wander and stray straight as the neck and narrow the gate now i have traded my wrong for the right praise the lord i saw the light
1: Give it up for some Hank Williams this morning. I spilled his coffee. Party foul. Why do you hate me? (laughs) Sorry. Well, good morning thank you everybody for being here this morning thank you so much uh pastor todd miss nancy so 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 good to meet everybody today havenfield community church right i said it right this time havenfield community church thank y'all for being here this morning we so appreciate it hope you've enjoyed your time here this morning i will say this we knew you were crazy because when they said you were coming today, it's been one of our coldest days so far. So thank y'all for being here, you're crazy like us. Well, uh, over the last little bit, if you've been around, we've been in a study of uh, the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, written by one of those hated tax collectors, right? And uh, we, we looked at that a few weeks ago, even the calling of Matthew. And in fact, from that calling, I always like to do a recap because it's important to know where we're at in Scripture, especially with so many new people here today. But as we do this, I want you to think back. So Jesus calls this guy Matthew, walks by a tax collector's booth. We've talked about that, why those guys were hated. But as he walks by that simple two-word call, follow me. And the beautiful example of Matthew, it says that he rose and followed Jesus. So we'll encourage again, if you hear that call today, Follow me, rise and follow him. I promise it'll be the best decision you've ever made. But when that happened, there was this group of people that had a set of questions for Jesus, and it really wasn't really wanting to peer into why Jesus was the way he was. It was honestly to catch him, to trap him, uh, to slander him, all these things. But they go to Jesus, and they go to the followers of Jesus, and they ask these questions. This turns into what we're talking about today. They ask him the questions, why does your teacher hang out with tax collectors and sinners? Boy, I'm so glad he does, aren't you? Right? That, that puts me in a good crowd that I get to hang with Jesus. But they ask him, says, so why does he hang with tax collectors and sinners? And so Jesus goes into this amazing thing of, uh, you know, it's not the, the well that need a doctor but the sick, right? And uh, talking about their self-righteousness, they thought they were righteous. I didn't come for you that already think you got it all figured out. I came for those that know they need help. And so we saw those questions, and then the week after, we looked at another set of questions, but rather well-meaning questions from the followers of John the Baptist. If you remember, they go to Jesus, and this is in the middle of where we go into the passage today. They go to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, and I, I believe from a pure heart. John the Baptist followers, remember, their mission was preparing the way, and they are feeling that Jesus is this one right the Messiah they've been looking for and so as they go to Jesus they said teacher let's ask you a question you teach about fasting but you and your disciples don't do it right like it kind of didn't make sense we've heard you teach about fasting in fact the the sermon on the mount you talked about fasting but yet we don't ever see you or your followers doing so And Jesus goes into parables like he does a lot of times, basically telling them, in a sense, there's no reason for them to fast. Fast is this closeness to God. You can't get any closer to God than walking with God. Literally every day they were walking with the Savior, right? And so here's where it applies today, because today's events will unfold when it says, while he was saying these things. So it's important to know what these things are, right? We're not just going to hop into that passage talking about the unshrunk piece of cloth, right, on the torn fabric. And he's talking about putting uh, new wine into old wineskins, this parable-type teaching that Jesus did. And so while he is still teaching, these are the things that we'll get into today. So while he was saying these things, the events will unfold. I'll read the passage today, and then uh, we'll, we'll pray and discuss a few things. So, Uh, starting in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died. But come and lay your hand on her, and I know she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned to her and saying to her, said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose And the report went through all that district. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, again, we just thank you so much for uh, being here with us this morning. Father, it truly is an honor to be here. Our friends uh, that are here with us this morning for the first time, we again, pray your blessings over uh, them, the rest of their faith family, uh, and Father, again, just thank you for what you're doing out here. We pray that your voice is the loudest voice out here this morning, louder than mine, louder than any voice that has spoken to us of shame or accusation or feeling that we don't belong, uh, that Jesus, you just, uh, you again, just be the loudest, loudest voice here this morning. Speak to our hearts, we pray, and we beg it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So while he is saying these things, so Jesus has just kind of as he always does, brings out this parable, this flooring moment of just like uh, um, amazing teaching. It's why so many people would leave from a teaching of Jesus and they would say, I've never heard anything like that. It was God in the flesh teaching these things, right? And while he's doing this, we're not told exactly who this ruler is. We, we know from other parallel passages, right? But we don't know how he's a ruler. We just know that he's a person of importance, right? But I want you to picture the scene. So by this time, we know Jesus is a very controversial figure. The cross is imminent. We said that even on Christmas morning, right? The manger was always for the cross. It was always the plan. Jesus was coming to offer redemption story. He was coming to buy back Eden, if you will. If you want to know so much of our story, go to the first page of your Bible. What Jesus is doing, we had this opportunity for perfect communion and fellowship with God. Perfect unhindered relationship, yet as we often do, we chose our own way, right? Sin enters the picture. But ever since then, the plan was always before the foundation of the world that Jesus was slain, that Jesus was going to offer redemption, right? And so Jesus is marching towards the cross, everything. The religious leaders are trying to catch him every turn and all this. And Jesus is saying all these controversial things. Not really controversial, but it was at the time, right? And so while he's teaching these things, imagine the scene as this ruler runs up to Jesus with obviously a very serious scenario going on. And the first thing he does is humble himself to get on his knees. You picture the scene this morning? I mean, the commotion that is surrounding Jesus at this point of his ministry, the cross is imminent, and this person of importance, of some type of authority, and there's speculation of what that could be. It really doesn't matter. We just know he was an important figure. And he runs up to Jesus and gets on his knees and says, Teacher, right? Like this tremendous sign of humility. Can I just stop there for one second? This is one of my favorite things to say because I want you to know that every person out here, every single solitary person that is out here, everyone that is in your sphere of influence that you have ever known or ever will know, every person that has ever been born, Scripture says this, one day, every knee will bow Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here's what that means. To the most proud, I can do it on my own. To the most self-righteous, I got everything figured out. To the one that's banking that their church membership is going to take care of everything. To the one that says, well, if I just do enough good or bad. To the one that says, Jesus is a fairy tale. He doesn't exist. One day, the knee will bow and you will say, you are Lord. But unless you do it here, unless the calling grips your heart here, you answer that call that Jesus says, follow me, it will be too late at that point. I beg of you, I beg of you, today if you're hearing that call, don't let pride get in the way. Follow him. Listen to that call because one day your knee will bow. I sure would rather see you do it here on this side of glory. Amen. And so every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. This humble man comes up to Jesus, a humble man of importance, yes, but a humble man in desperation. If you have a parent out here, right, somebody that has children, you know the love that we have for our kids, right? It's something God has put in us. It's innate. It is there. We don't have to manufacture it. There is nothing that I wouldn't do for my kids. In fact, I want to tell you this. Some have said the bold statement, and I believe it's true, but I've got even a a stricter charge for you. Some out here would say, and maybe even a show of hands would say, I would give my life, if it was demanded, I would die for my kid. Anybody ever said that? Can I tell you something that's even remotely, I mean, just extremely harder? How about live for them? You know, anybody would jump in front of a gunman and say, I... Take me instead of my kid, but how about living a life that points others to Christ, giving them a life that says, you know what? It says that I'm supposed to honor mom and dad. That's a life I want to honor. That's a life I want to see because they are living for Christ. They are pointing others to him. So that's wonderful that you'll die for your kid. How about let's take the response to live for but here you have a man at death's door. He's seeing that his daughter has died and he's at desperation. And here's what he knows. I've heard a lot about this guy, Jesus. There's two people that are going to be in this story today that say, if at all costs, if I could just get to Jesus, then everything will be okay. That's two people in this story. We'll see the other here in just a second. But his desperation is apparent just in his first act. And he walks up now to the very controversial figure of Jesus. And he says, my daughter has just died. I can't imagine. I've never had to encounter that. Somebody out here may have lost a child. And I, I just, I can't imagine the feeling of that. But this man, you can tell, is like, I don't care what others think. I don't care what happens to me. I've got to get to the man called Jesus because my daughter is dying or dead and I know that the hope is in Jesus. This man of great importance, he runs up and he kneels down on the ground and he says, my daughter has just died. There's something of this idea of going to Jesus and there's this idea of saying this that I, I just again I, I, I wanna I, I would die for my child and, and this idea of maybe it's more important to live for them. There's a song I love and I pray this this speaks in my my children's hearts. I pray that it, it is something that they can share one day. But it's a song and I wrote down the lyrics. It says, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. If you ever heard that song, it's amazing. I'm not perfect, and I know my kids know that better than anybody. But here's the line that gets me every time. Let it be known that you alone my joy was found. Let my children tell their children. Let this be their memory that all my treasure was in heaven and you were everything to me. You want to live for Jesus? That's the kind of legacy that we want to leave. That our children tell their children long after we're gone and forgotten about by most. I tell you what, dad didn't get a lot of things right, but he tried his best to live for Jesus. Wasn't perfect, but man, he believed in that pointing, them to Jesus matters because Jesus changes everything. never given your heart and life to Him. I promise you, it changes everything. So here's a dad willing to do that. He's willing to do anything. And I'm sure at this point, he had heard stories of Jesus healing people. I'm sure that he had heard about the miraculous things that Jesus had done. And at all costs, his daughter has died. And he said, if I could just get to Jesus... I want to tell you this morning, though, that there may be some in this parking lot and you say, well, that is a humble response and I've bowed my knee to Jesus. But have you really? Have you bowed your knee to your religion? Have you bowed your knee to your denomination? Have you bowed your knee to your church? Have you bowed your knee to the the system of good or bad in your mind? It's very different than bowing the knee and humbly coming to Jesus. That is what we are called to do. That is the only thing that makes the difference. But not only did this man have humility, he had great faith. Because listen to what he says. And just like the centurion, if you were here a few weeks back, the centurion had a servant that was sick. He goes up to Jesus again, another man of importance, this one that is in charge of at least 100 men. And he goes to Jesus and he says, if you would just say the word, my servant would be healed. And if you remember, Jesus says, how about I'll do even better than that? I will come and see your servant. And this guy said, if you'll just say the word. And you remember Jesus' response. He said, let it be done as you have believed. Right? This faith is beautiful. And Jesus even said that. I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. The people that should be waiting and looking for me and anticipating the Messiah. I've never seen a faith this great than except in this man, this centurion. It said, just, if you'll just say the word, I know it's already done. And it says, Scripture says, at that point, the servant was healed, right? So it's very much like this. But not only did he have humility, he had great faith like that. Listen to what he says. If you would just come and lay your hand on her, she will live. She was dead. If you'll just come and lay your hand on her. Guys, I want to tell you, I believe in Jesus. I don't know that I have that kind of faith, though. I want that kind of faith. I desire to have that kind of faith, but this is a man of great importance. He bows the knee and he says, if you would just lay your hand on her, she will live. Can I ask you this? Everybody loves a good bonus. My favorite thing as a kid in high school was having a test with a large bonus question because I knew I'd already bombed the other questions. And if I could just get that bonus, maybe a C was in my future. That was my, uh, academic pursuit right there, right? If I could just get a C, right? No grounding, like I I can keep the keys, I can do all those things. Everybody loves a bonus. I even thought about Marvel. Marvel started this thing about the end credits and now everybody's got to do it. You watch the movie and now you got a little bonus scene. Well, we got the same thing today. You see, this is a story about this this leader of importance. His daughter has died. He goes to Jesus, the humility, the faith, bowing the knee if you would just do it they're on the way and they have another encounter can i just tell you how good my jesus is i don't think it was by accident i think he was dead set this is the route we're going because i know i'm about to encounter somebody that needs me This morning, if you say man i just don't feel loved one he laid down his life for you scripture tells us there's no greater love than that But I want to tell you, he goes out of his way to encounter us with this grace and mercy that you hear everybody talk about. And so we not only see one story of healing, one story of humbleness, and one story of faith, but we get like an infomercial here, like, wait, there's more, right? We get two of these beautiful stories. So verse 20 interrupts the original story. Behold, a woman who had suffered a discharge of blood for 12 years. Think of that. Have you had to deal with anything for 12 years? Maybe you have. I'm a simple guy. I did the math. 4,380 days. 4,000 days of shame. 4,000 days of the common misconception back then. What did you do to make God mad at you? Not that it's a broken world. Not that we had perfection and sin enters the picture because you guys know that's one of my pet peeves. Don't have somebody have cancer and say, well, it was God's will. I don't think that's the case. I think God's will was perfection. Sin in a broken world introduced all sorts of other things that we have to deal with. His will was to have cool afternoon walks with you. Read your first pages of the Bible. That was it. You don't believe me? I got more proof. It says that right now, Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf and in the process of making all things new. You know what that means? Eden 2.0, but even better, Sin is going to be vanquished. The enemy is going to be locked up. You will not even be tempted to sin. My addict friend out here this morning, you say, man, I I can't wait to leave here and shoot up. I can't wait to do whatever. I pray that's not the case. But I can tell you one day, if you know him, that temptation won't even be there. Think of the beauty of that. Think of the beauty that we have available in the gospel. This lady, for 4,380 days, 12 years, she's dealt with pain, embarrassment, and shame. And then she says this, just like the man before, if I could just get to Jesus. And her faith is even to the point of, I don't even need him to speak to me. I don't need him to touch me. I feel that there is something so different about him If I was just to reach out and grab the hem of his garment, I would be healed. Let me tell you, if you want to see a beautiful example of what faith is, look at this woman here. In pain and desperation. Some of you are desperate this morning. Can I tell you, he loves to meet us in the middle of our desperation. It doesn't mean everything will magically hocus pocus, everything be fixed. Again, we live in a broken world, but I'm telling you this, Jesus changes everything. He does. These two people knew it. He said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Now, some of the passage it doesn't hear in Matthew, but you know this story right from other passages. Some of it tells the thing of Jesus having this great moment where he stops and even the chosen, you know, I love the chosen if you're here But you've heard me teach before, but Jesus is walking along and this woman touches him and Jesus has this moment where he just stops and says, who touched me? Let me tell you, he knew, he knew her by name because he had spoken her into existence long ago, right? He is the creator. He knew who she was. In fact, I said it earlier, I believe he went by appointment. She's going to be waiting for me. Redemption's coming. Healing is coming. Right, Jesus is is making this intentional. I believe just like He seeks us out, He is seeking some of us in this parking lot this morning that don't know Him. We've never met Him for the first time. It's there and it's available and it changes everything. And some of you may have known Him and you've been distant for a long time. He's seeking and searching for you as well. And there's no shame. There's no like where you've been. It is all about redemption story. He's in the business of that. He is in the business of second and third and four chances. How do I know? I've taken advantage of that, unfortunately. All my life I seem like I hit this point in that song where it says prone to wander. Like that's me, right? I am a wanderer. But I'm so grateful for the grace of Jesus. So we get this beautiful story. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. And we know another parallel passages that this ruler that we're in this story is Jairus right or Jairus however you want to say it I've heard it pronounced both ways I'm from Macaulay so I say Jairus right but we see that this ruler and he's in the middle of this I can't even imagine his thought like he's so excited he's made his way to Jesus he's saying if you just go and lay your hand on her I know that she'll be alive again and they're on the way and Jesus has to stop and do this other thing right I can imagine Jerry standing there and saying, man, we we need to get to my house, right? Jesus had this appointment to make, and here's what he says. And and I believe he, he stopped and did the whole thing of who touched me from the other passages, not because he didn't know. I think he wanted to draw attention to the beauty of the faith that was on display. And this is what he says to her. Take heart, daughter. Can you imagine that? Ladies out here, can you imagine? And I want you to know that's how God sees you. We we say that all the time out here, that we have the opportunity to be sons and daughters of God. Like the king of kings died for you. You say, man, I, I don't know if I ever have felt love. Can I tell you this? He laid down his life for you, not for you to be some hired hand, not for you to barely make it in, not for you to be a servant, not for any of this. It says that when we take on this idea of Christ that we are fellow heirs, we are sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. Don't tell me you don't have worth. It's what he created you for. I believe that he created every one of us for relationship. I believe that call is there for everyone. Should we listen and should we be like Matthew in this gospel, follow me, rise and follow him. Take heart, daughter, your faith, has made you well so here's one thing I know there is no garment to grab today there is no physical Jesus here today but make no mistake he is here in our midst see others driving by they may look at it and say man as wonderful as Norton's is it's a flower shop parking lot can I tell you what I believe it's holy ground got nothing to do with me that would be unholy ground it's got nothing to do with you same thing but because Jesus is in our midst, some of us know him, I pray that all will, it is a holy place. So there's no garment to grab. And by the way, don't ever, please, if you ever hear a preacher selling handkerchiefs or blessing cloths or whatever, no need. You got direct access to the Father through Jesus, okay? You don't need any special cloth. You don't need anything like that. Don't even get me started on that. But while there's no garment to grab, I can tell you this, Jesus is here. It is a guarantee, and it's also a guarantee that he changes absolutely everything. The best decision you could ever make, more important than who you marry, where you're buried, how you live your life, what you do for a living, all of those things, the most important decision is what you will do with the soul that you've been given. Either you're with him or you're against him. So what Scripture says, there is no, it may seem like a billion choices. Well, I could go Jesus route. I could go science. I could do this. I could do that. It's either him or against him. No matter what other choice is disguised as, it is really Jesus or not. Jesus on your own, all of those things. We must choose Christ. He changes everything. So back to Jairus here, the woman was made male, well, everyone's seen it, and it says this, Jesus, I want you to picture this scene, so this woman's been healed now, Jesus is back on his journey, and it says that he goes to the ruler's house, sees the flute players play, and the crowd making commotion. so he's got uh, mourners in here, some that have possibly even been hired, right, that was tradition back then, and they're there, and they're weeping, and they're playing all these flutes. And Jesus goes in and he says this, what are you doing here? Like, why are you crying? Why are you playing, you know, the flute, all this? She's not dead. She's just sleeping. You remember their response? It says they laughed at him. Probably followed with, man, this guy's crazy. This is the teacher you guys have been talking. She's dead. Like, we know it. We were hired to be here. We're doing our job as these professional mourners and playing all these, you know, songs for a funeral. She's dead. And Jesus says, she's not dead, she's sleeping, because in his eyes, that's all that was going on. He knew what was about to happen, so they laughed at him. He sends them out, he goes back, and I want you just to picture this. He takes Jairus' daughter's hand, and it says, she arose. Can you imagine? I I got so many questions about this story, right? Because I believe maybe this girl already knew God, had a relationship and faith of the promised Messiah, been longing for this Messiah. And now she's dead. And I'm assuming that she's been in the presence of God. And this interrupted moment in heaven, we know absent with the body, present with the Lord, right? Like she was somewhere. And this moment of a calling back to this earthly life. And when she wakes up and opens her eyes, the person she sees is the creator of her body and soul. Can you imagine? I've often thought that with people that were blind, that Jesus healed. The first sight that they have is Jesus, come home. How amazing is that? But this young girl wakes up and Jesus is sitting right there. You talk about a wow moment. And I would say so. We get this one little nugget at the end. It says reports go throughout the region. When dead people start coming to life, people start noticing, right? Can I tell you this? Everybody look this way. There's nothing special about us. But when people start coming to life out here, meeting Jesus for the first time and going out there, let me tell you, people notice. People have seen and they have heard the stories of what God is doing out here. And it is beautiful and has absolutely, absolutely nothing to do with us. It is the grace, compassion, and mercy of Jesus. So in closing, I want to say this. uh, Two stories, an example of humility and faith, a beautiful example. And really more as lives were changed, as others heard, we see this. And all I can say is coming to Jesus in humility and faith today is the best decision you can make. I, I don't know why I feel led to say, can I just venture off here for one second? Some out here, I, I feel right now in my spirit, I'm not trying to be weird, but I just feel this, are saying, man, all that stuff, and you, you're going to talk about faith. You're going to trust that faith is going to take care of everything. Can I tell you this for those in the crowd that may say, well, I think Jesus is a fairy tale, or I think maybe science has it right that there was this big bang, and I, I think this evolution thing, I, I think all of that. Can I just gently propose this that if you believe that, I, I don't want you to make any mistake. You, my friend, have faith as well. Because I'm just going to, based on the age of this crowd, Nobody was there when the beginning was, right? You got faith some kind of way. So for the ones that maybe are listening online, somebody needs to hear that this morning. For the ones that would say faith is just silly, you got faith in something or somebody. You weren't there from the beginning. So we all have to place our faith and trust in whether it's science or what grandma said or the scripture. I'm just going to say this. My personal belief, It takes a lot more faith to believe that we just happened. I mean, think about your body right now. What is all going on inside your body to function, to keep you alive at this very moment. You can't do anything about it. You can train and be in the best physical shape of your life. How many of you heard about marathon runners that die of a heart attack? I it happens. If you run that long, probably gonna happen to you. Like, don't do it, I, I wouldn't suggest it. But you get what I'm saying? You can train and be in the best shape of your life and leave out of here and be in a car accident. Like, And that's not to scare you. It's just think of what's going on right now and you can't control a moment of it. Who's in control? That faith? We just happen? Everything that happens, even with our earth, this globe that we're on right now, that by the way, is really trippy if you get to thinking of spinning out in space, right? If it's just tilted a few degrees off its axis, it's over, game over. You telling me that just happened? Something climbed out of the ocean and boom, we're just here? I- I'm telling you, I, I just want to say, I think that takes a little more faith than someone creating us. You look at everything that's going on in this world. Look around here. I mean, just the sky. By the way, can I? there's a hush over the city right now. Do you realize that? Listen. I mean, people, if you I know a lot of new folks out here, there's not a moment we don't have a siren going by. It's probably about to happen right now that I said it. There's not a helicopter landing at children. It's quiet. Maybe everybody okay? Did we need did we miss something? Lord, where are you at? Did we miss miss you coming back? But even, even the buildings, I want you to look at the buildings. You know, God gave somebody the wisdom to build that. Like, we didn't just happen. So I propose this morning, you got faith in something. I just say this in closing. Why not faith in Christ? Because I really believe He changes everything. These two people knew it. My daughter is dead. If I could just get to Christ, I've got this, you know, just sickness about me. If I could just touch the hem of His garment. I want to tell you this is so much more than just the hem of His garment. He died for you. He died so that you could know Him. And then those that do, He died so that you could walk with him. I don't know how you make it through life without him. I encourage you to go with him. He's made a way. It's redemption's price and he paid it. It's free and it's there for you to accept. Will you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes just a second. Will you in faith and the same humility that we've seen on display today from these two stories believe? Maybe you already have. I pray if you have. Maybe it encourages and strengthens your faith today. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, why not today? Let today be the day of salvation. No scare tactic. We're not promised tomorrow. So today is the best choice. Jesus, will you just speak to our hearts this morning? Someone doesn't know you. Maybe they meet you for the first time today. Father, if we do, that you just draw us closer to you. I love that good that you created us knowing we would choose our own way and yet still the plan was always to offer redemption's price that we couldn't pay. Jesus, we're so unworthy of that, but we love you. We accept that in grace, the mercy, compassion of Jesus. And Father, thank you that we can have a relationship with you through Jesus. That is the only way. And so, Father, let us do business with you today, however is needed. Uh, nothing more is needed than that. If you've already spoken to hearts that said, follow me, and they say yes, there's nothing more they got to do. They've, they're have already in. If they've said yes, they're already in with you. And so Jesus, we thank you for that. We'd love to hear about it, but make no mistake, they don't have to do a special dance, a special prayer, walk down an aisle. If they've said yes, not only yes, not only Jesus, do you accept that, but the beauty, the love that is there. We may feel like in this world we're not seen or we're forgotten. Nobody cares. If we say yes to the call of follow me, your word tells us we are heirs in Christ. We are sons and daughters of the King of kings. It doesn't get any better than that. So we thank you and we praise you. We pray it in Jesus' name this morning, amen. Thank you guys, we'll get here calling out numbers, uh, names here in just a second and uh, get everybody taken care of. Thank you again for our guests this morning. Sometimes the weight of decision Try to <laughs> bear <bend laughs> you. Don't let the shame.